I'm Alex Mellaris. And I'm Tai Fu. And we were just discussing Wordle, uh, which I discovered today. And apparently you've been playing for a little while. And because it's it's so it's so funny when things like this happen on Twitter because you get a bunch of people posting these random colored squares like green and yellow and orange and then these numbers and you're like what trend is this i have no idea i don't understand then you find out it's some kind of word game actually you know what prompted me to go figure out what this was i started seeing tweets from people that was like i refuse to find out what wordle is because it seems stupid and i was like you know what fuck you i'm gonna go learn about this and so i looked it up so i looked it up and i was like this is a pretty fun game and you were just describing it as mastermind with words and those of, us, those of you who listened to our, our board game draft a little while back know that I'm a big fan of Mastermind. And so I'd recommend this fun little word game. They have a, a new puzzle every day on, it's like wordle.com or whatever, word L-E. And uh, everyone has to guess the same word all around the world, Mastermind style. You get like six tries and you guess a five letter word and it tells you if a letter is wrong, uh, right but in the wrong spot or right but in the right spot. It's a, it's a pleasant time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, <laughs> you'll love to hear that you you join the movement as a part of a counter movement to the counter movement <laughs> to the wordle yeah. movement. Uh, <laughs> lots of layers there. Uh, but yeah, no, I've been playing for like uh, basically since the new year started. I think I started playing January 1st. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. It's got, you got the whole like once a day aspect to it. Like there are versions online. You met, you mentioned to me that you found one um, that lets you you know have unlimited puzzles a day. But I feel like you know if you want to make this as long as last as last as long as possible, um, the the one a day thing kind of keeps it fresh, right? Like every day at this point, I'm up at midnight and I'm like, oh shit, new wordles out, and I'll uh, I'll go you know I'll go do the wordle of the day, and it's like uh, it's a fun time, and it's like it's a nice little routine. And uh, I'm I have, I'm far from getting sick of it, so uh, yeah, plug in the Wordle. Plus, they've got that 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 fun you know share option that you can do on Twitter. I saw you did it today, uh, where you can like share your results without spoiling the word with those little fun boxes on Twitter. Um, so it really seems to have hit the the sweet spot for like a fun game. Doesn't take too long. You don't get burned out fast, and it's got that fun like viral component to it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons people are kind of were kind of frustrated with Wordle, like all oh, this seems dumb, is because people sharing their results, ha- you have no idea what it's about. It's like, what do these squares mean? I have absolutely no idea, and that's why I think some people get frustrated by it. Um, but to be clear, that one where you can do as many as you want in a day, uh, I I only did like two or three rounds of it to be like you know get a little bit of practice in, but I don't plan on you know getting burnt out and running that all the time. I think from this point onward, I'm probably gonna. Stick with uh, the one-a-day thing, just like you. All right, there we go. We'll see how long it takes for one of us to to trip up and lose our streak. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Wordle beat. And uh, for everyone who's who's frustrated by the the Wordle gatekeeping, it's not that hard. Just just Google it. They explain it pretty. They explain it pretty well on the page. Uh, even if you've never played Mastermind, it's it's a pretty straightforward game, which I also I think is part of the appeal. I actually, it did, I didn't understand it right away from the instructions. This is what I, I thought, I thought, I don't even know what I thought. I thought you were supposed to like put a letter somewhere in like anywhere in the box and it would be like, you place that S in the right spot. So what I did, I hit the letter S 
it went straight into the top left corner. I was like, why can't I move the S around? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess you just go in order. And so I pressed enter and they were like, this is not a full word. You need more letters. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, you know what they should have done? They should have like taken, they should have stolen our bit and stuck it. First line of the, uh, the instructions, it's mastermind, but with words. And that probably <laughs> yeah, <sure laughs> that, that probably explains it better than anything you could do afterwards for like a significant chunk of the mm-hmm. population, right? Um, or it's like, okay, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty neat. Uh, and you could go about playing the game. Yeah, you know who's not a mastermind though is Ken Holland, because the <laughs> Oilers have absolutely terrible roster construction, which was exposed in the two games they played over the past week against the Rangers and the Maple Leafs, both losses. How was that for a segue? Wow, incredible. So yeah, as you as you uh, alluded to, the Oilers suck shit now. Um, how many have they lost? They've lost five in a row. I think they've won like two of their last 12. Uh, and, uh, two of their last 13, I think it is. Oh, there we go. And uh, it's uh, it's not looking good, and it's like all those roster issues that uh, that everybody was kind of talking about before the season. That you know, with their with their hot start, it kind of quieted the critics down. But uh, you know, they came to light in the end, and you know, people were like, "Oh, they've got a nice cushion in the in the Pacific; they'll make it in pretty easily." Uh, you look at it right now; they're uh, not by but just by points. They they're sixth in the Pacific now. And uh, only like one or two games on, in hand against the Kings and the Sharks, whom they're both behind in points. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like a pretty meteoric collapse for the Oilers. And it's because uh, their defense and their goaltending and their forward depth sucks. What do you know? That's mostly a roster. Yeah. Um, well, their first game of the week was 4-1 loss to the Rangers, who actually I didn't realize how well they were doing. I noticed they said at the end on uh, on the broadcast that that win at the time Made the Rangers first in the league. I was like, "What? No way!" And now they're they're near the top. Uh, I think they're like fourth or something by points percentage at this point. Uh, the first goal of the game was uh, Alexi Lafreniere off of a turnover by Miko Koskinen, who was behind the net trying to play the puck. Ryan Strom steals it from him and passes it to Lafreniere, who scores. Uh, and it was a it was a pretty rough game for Miko Koskinen in general. Uh, especially that third Rangers goal from the point. I remember it being very weak. Oh, and um, the last one actually also that went off the skate of Tyson Berry. It was a, a hard deflection to stop, but Koskinen just seemed like after it passed him, like he just spun around aimlessly, kind of hopeless. And you were telling me right before we started recording about a quote from Koskinen that, that reads very badly. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Koskinen was definitely one of the uh, the goats of this game. And I think after the game in his press conference, Dave Tippett said... Uh, uh, of Koskinen, our goaltending wasn't very good. Um, and, uh, you know, that happened. And so the next morning you wake up, there's a quote in the Finnish, Finnish newspaper of some sort. Uh, and they're like, uh, so here's the quote translated. Uh, it's not nice being thrown under the bus. I have to be better. But at the same time, we scored seven goals in my last six losses. I can't score goals. It's not always up to the goalkeeper alone to win or lose. The whole team needs to play better in the future. Uh, which is a <laughs> spectacular way of, uh, you know, kind of throwing the rest of the team under the bus. And uh, yeah, for for a goalie who, yeah, as you said, <laughs> did not play well against the Rangers. I mean, yeah, that first goal was on him. That third goal, like, you know, that was a weak-ass tip that he let, like, trickle by him. And uh, yeah, just overall, Koskinen, well, he's played poorly for a long stretch now. Like, he started off hot, uh, but he's been bad recently. And it's, uh, 
it's interesting to see him point the fingers at his teammates when his his own play is quite is unquestionably bad. Yeah. Um. Although, Miko Koskinen is in no place to criticize his team, and also that's just like, what are you trying to? Like, how is this going to improve? Like, do you think that's going to like help team morale or anything? Like, absolutely not at all. Uh, if he did just say our defensemen are terrible, he he would be correct. Uh, because because they are. Um, Ken Holland has assembled uh, a terrible cast of defensemen. Uh, after Darnell Nurse, we have Tyson Berry, who's one of the absolute worst defensive defensemen in the NHL. Uh, the Duncan Keith Cody CC pairing, which was on for the vast majority of goals against this week, at least as far as I can remember. And who could have seen that coming? The answer is everyone. Uh, Cody CC was terrible his entire career until he got to Pittsburgh, where they played him on the third pairing, and he was effective on the third pairing. And then the Oilers says, why don't we increase your minutes again and also give you like a four-year contract? And all of a sudden, he's back to being bad when you play him out of the proper role. Duncan Keith is the same story. You know, he used to win Norris trophies and stuff. He's not that good anymore. He's 38 years old now. And they decide to put these two defensemen together, play them on the top four, actually the top pairing some nights when uh, when Darnell Nurse is out. And it's a total recipe for disaster. Not even the best two players in the world can uh, counteract that as we're seeing now. And as you were saying earlier in the season, it was looking like the, the Oilers were on track to to contend for like the President's Trophy maybe. Uh, but I think it, it maybe speaks to how inherently team-based the sport of hockey actually is. That like you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, and if you have enough players that are that much worse, it balances things out. Right, absolutely. And this, but this is an extreme case, though, right? Like, if you surrounded McDavid and Drysidle with like an average supporting cast, with a- league average goaltending, league average defenseman, league average, you know, forward depth, you you'd be fine. Those would be rocking. They would be one of the best teams in the HL. Uh, the problem is that without McDavid and Drysidle, this team is, you know, very much in contention for worse than the league. Like you look at that roster, like how. Who who is even uh, who is Drysaddle even playing with? He's playing with like K- Kyler Yamamoto on one wing, Warren Fogle on the other for most of the time. Like what kind of what kind of supporting cast are we talking about? Let alone you know you talk about the defense. I mean Tyson Berry in particular in the Rangers game, um, he was fucking awful. Jesus Christ, um, he had one giveaway right that that led to I think it was a breakaway for the for the Rangers that didn't go in. Uh, but then yeah, he completely fucking turned and lost on that first fourth goal. Uh, which is why it went off his skate uh, and into the net. And uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> the roster construction is as bad as it gets in the league. This is not like, you know, like, oh, you know, this team is mediocre aside from, you know, the two stars. So they're really dragging them down. No, this team fucking, it, it's ass. All right. There's there's no other way to put it um, than the team around them is, like, yeah, it's, it's among the worst in the league at this point. Uh, and this is uh, the extreme situation we're talking about when, uh, you know, yeah, you, 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 you made the you made the reference in your segue. Uh, Ken Holland has not built a good team at all. He can fails to surround Dreisaitl and McDavid with talent. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the frustrating things for Oilers fans must be how easy it would have been to get better defense than this. Because especially, you know, you think of Cody Ceci, Duncan Keith, Chris Russell. Less so Chris Russell, more so CeCe and Keith. Our two players, Ken Holland, went out of his way this summer to acquire. Pinpointed, said, these are our guys. These are the ones we want. Let's give Cody CeCe too much money in term. Let's give up assets 
for Duncan Keith. And uh, there were plenty of better defensemen available for cheaper. Uh, and he just made the absolute wrong choices. And I think Dave Tippett actually recently went out of his way to be like, oh yeah, Duncan Keith is so valuable to us because he like talks on the bench. He's a good leader, something like that, which is trying to cover for the fact that you know his on-ice performance is, uh, is not very good anymore. Uh, as it pertains to Koskinen, though, there was something funny. There was a funny tweet from none other than than Jim Matheson a few days ago that I wanted to bring up that I cannot find anymore. But the essence of it was this. Someone had said, um, Koskinen and Mike Smith are not good enough. Ken Holland should have gone out and made a bold move to acquire a, a good starting goalie over the summer. And Jim Matheson basically quote tweeted it and said, he tried to get Darcy Kemper. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was the tweet? <laughs> and I just... Well, it was, there was a little more to it than that, but that was that was the essence of it. And I just and he got ratio to absolute hell. It was like twenty <laughs> like twenty replies, three likes or something. When at the time I saw it, it might have been worse actually by now. Um, but I just find it so funny the thought process that are like, because you you know Ken Holland thinks like that too. Like, oh, I tried to get a goalie, um, and that's as good as actually getting one because as we all know, the point of my job is to make it look like I'm trying and not to actually build the best possible hockey team. Right, yeah, no. like the, the... <laughs> Not to mention that Darcy Kemper uh, has shown to be, you know, bad with Colorado. Just he's got a void by the quality of the... Like, hey, the he's okay. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Here's the tweet, January 5th. So the original one from someone named Ryan Batty. <laughs> I don't know how you look at the situation with Koskinen and come away pissed off at anyone but Ken Holland. He's the one who chose to stick with Smith Koskinen, knowing that an injury to Smith, which isn't unforeseeable with a 39-year-old, would mean Koskinen becomes the number one. And Jim Matheson quotes it and says, He tried to trade for Darcy Kemper, spelled K-E-M-P-E-R incorrectly, <laughs> dot, 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 Colorado got him. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Spectacular insight out here. Uh <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, it's crazy, right? Like, Jim Matheson seems to be completely in Ken Holland's pocket. Uh, big Ken Holland fan he is, clearly. Uh, because, yeah, no, that, that's that's one aspect that, you know, Ken Holland absolutely bungled heading into this season, right? It's the goaltending. I mean, you have Koskinen, the, the contract, you know, that was, you know, Shirelli's parting gift. Uh, you can't do much about that. But the best you can do is, you know, at least give give him a serviceable tandem partner. And instead, you go back to the Mike Smithwell, as you said, at 39, they give him like over $2 million for two years. <laughs> How do you yep. commit yourself to Mike Smith for two So they're committing themselves to, wait, does Koskinen's contract end this year or does it have one year left? I don't remember. But either way. Uh, um, I think this is the last year of the. Okay. Yeah, it's the last year. So you're not committing to this tandem for two years, but you are committing for one year too many. Uh, and you've got Mike Smith for next year. And that's such a baffling talent evaluation um, on many levels. One, because, you know, Mike Smith just isn't very good anymore, uh, other than maybe like two weeks where he'll be incredible. Um, and yeah, he, he gets injured to shit. He, he's at that point of his career. And. Yeah, no, here, here you are, right? There's there's no goaltending to support this team whatsoever. They can't buy uh, a good game out of their goalies to, you know, like when, you know, you have an instance where, like, Connor McDavid is out with COVID like he was against the Leafs. Um, or, you know, any sort of situation where it's not the ideal conditions for the team. Uh, you can't get, you can't count on your goalie to pull one out of the bag. Uh, and, you know, you can, you can barely count on them to keep them afloat. 
uh, as you see, you know, the Rangers, both games this week, you saw issues with the goaltending. And yeah, it's it's just an issue that they have for the entire year. It was very predictable. And yet Ken Hall decided to, you know, stick his head in the sand. And most of the replies to the Jim Madison tweet are saying, you know, things like, oh, I... Uh, yeah, who cares that he tried? He's supposed to get stuff done. This one reply from All Hustle No Hands says, I think Jim's right. The goaltending <laughs> options were all too expensive, especially when we had Skinner and Konovalov coming, uh, which I think is just a brilliant display in everyone's favorite field of my team has the best prospects, even though no one else has heard of them. Because Stuart Skinner... And Ilya Konovalov are, uh, I mean, they're 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 okay, I guess. Stuart Skinner, oh, he's actually, yeah, uh, he's played ten games in the NHL this year as a nine sixteen, which, uh, you know, that's not too bad for a twenty three year old. That's pretty good, even though it's a small sample size. Konovalov, let's see who's, what's up with him? Ilya Konovalov, twenty three years old. He is playing in the AHL this year, and he is a nine hundred in ten games. And last year in the KHL, he was a nine twenty three. So uh, I guess this is the tandem of the future here for the Oilers. Stuart Skinner and Ilya Konovalov. And um, all the hustle, no hands seems to have a lot of faith in them. Yeah, that's, is that just Jim Matson's burner account? Uh, that's the exact username that he would uh, he would use. But uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> what do you say? Is that a 900 goalie in the AHL is, is the future of your goaltending? Uh, Oilers found their... You know, down bad. Uh, that's uh, so yeah. That's yeah. The, the Oilers, they're goaltending. Uh, there's there's no there's really no like uh, there's no path to uh, kind of success. And like moving forward, just for this season, it's like what the hell are you gonna do, right? Um, there's I, like I can't think of any stopgap options in terms of goaltending. Both in terms of you know you've already committed a bunch of the cap to you know Koskinen and Smith this year, and like where you're gonna find the the money to do so, where you're gonna find the assets to do so. Who is even available? Uh, and, you know, that defense is a problem on its own. It's like the, the problem is so overwhelmingly large with so many, with such a large proportion of this roster that it's like it's hard to see them turn around, um, you know, given the state of the team. I have a thought on how the Oilers can address the goaltending. Uh, as we know now, the Bruins plan on signing Tuka Rask pretty soon. I think he's technically on a PTO now with them. Uh, Jeremy Swayman has been has had a great year. He's the goalie of the future there. He's uh he's got a nine eighteen in sixteen games. Meanwhile, Linus Allmark signed for three years after this one at five million dollars. Uh, doesn't seem like uh, that's such a, a great fit anymore. If you're bringing Rask back, and he's been okay, kind of bounced back after a slow start. Maybe that's a potential target for the Oilers. You send back Koskinen the other way to balance out the uh the cap hits for this season. And then uh, you have a, a far more competent goaltender than you've had in a long time. Yeah, that's that's not a terrible idea. I mean, uh, right? So I think I'm looking at the Oilers' cap friendly. They currently have zero dollars in cap space, so uh, they really have to, uh, you know, get so it right. So throw CC too. Was that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants to 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 swallow that contract. I thought heading into this conversation that he was at two and a half million dollars a year. Um, turns out he's oh, at no. three point two five. We don't give enough. We don't give Ken Holland enough grief for signing four years, three point two five million dollars for Cody CC. Um, I know we gave him shit when they signed it, but like, we still don't give him enough. 
<laughs> it's Cody CC of all people. Um, but yeah, no, the all mark thing, man. It feels like you're kind of backing yourself in the same corner though, like eh, because you know all marks looked bad this year with the Bruins, and what? So you want to lock in Linus Allmark and Mike Smith for next year? Like that <laughs> sounds like another bad situation if you ask me. I think maybe you're just under underrating Elmark a bit. Like you look at the his entire career with Buffalo and now with Boston, the bad stretch uh was the outlier and that was, you know, perhaps an adjustment period after joining a new team. And I think in the long run to think that Elmark is a a league average starter is probably a pretty reasonable bet to make. And that's a very big upgrade over what the Oilers have had lately. Yeah, so that's that's one solution. Um yeah, definitely a valid one. Definitely better than uh, you know, eating Koskinen's cap it for the rest of the year and riding with that because, you know, it's not sustainable. You're going to keep seeing results like this. And it's not like anybody's underperforming in particular, right? At this point, it's like, you know, Drysaddle has slowed down a bit, but like he's still Leon Drysaddle. He's still producing an elite rate. You know, Connor McDavid still being Connor McDavid. Um, and so you got to wonder, like, where's the ceiling that's, like, where's the potential for this team to move into better performance moving forward? And I just, I don't see it. And so, you know, the roster needs a shakeup because otherwise, yeah, this team's not going to make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they lost to the Leafs 4-2. Mike Smith came back into this game. Uh, once again, the Oilers gave up a, a goal within the first six or seven minutes. Then they actually got a lead, though. The Oilers were up 2-1. to one, And uh, then they blew it. The Leafs scored. I think it was Marner. Then, yeah, Mikheyev got the third one. Then there was an empty net goal. Uh, but the uh, the funny thing from this game that was going around on Twitter a little bit was Jack Campbell's quote unquote windmill save on on Ryan McLeod. Did you see this? This was basically like Jack Campbell was facing backwards and like flung his arm around to reach for a save, and everyone was going, "What an amazing save!" But when you look at it more closely, you can see that Ryan McLeod basically just softly passed the puck directly into <laughs> Jack Campbell's back where he was anyway to begin with and Jack Campbell's, you know, uh, exaggerated motion while perhaps the smart thing to do, because you would assume that Ryan McLeod's going to shoot out at the net. Didn't actually do anything. Yeah, no, that was a big meme moment of the game. And uh, everybody's pointing at it. Like, uh, look who McDavid and Drysdale have to play with. <laughs> what do you expect? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it really in both games, but in particular this one, it felt really like, you know, um, it's really like dry saddles. Well, because McDavid was gone uh, because he went on the COVID list this week, right? Uh, for this game, uh, it really felt like dry saddle was the only one kind of producing offense for the Oilers. Um, I know that like that Warren Fogle scored a goal, right? When dry saddle wasn't on the ice. But aside from that, uh, that was, Brendan Perlini, that was too. the extent of the Oilers off. Uh, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it didn't feel like, you know, the, it really showed like the Oilers can't really generate any offense. That's their problem. That's been their problem the entire year. Um, but you know, you take out McDavid, uh, because of, you know, extenuating circumstances and COVID, uh, and yeah, y- you can't generate any sort of offense at all. It's just dry saddle and that's it. It was just, you know, you, you look, it's like, oh, the Oilers got a nice scoring time. So it was, oh, dry saddle. And that was it for the entire game. Basically, you know, it's like. You, you were surprised anytime any of the bottom six, or in this case, really the bottom nine, um, got any sort of offense going. So I guess the moral of the story on the Oilers is uh, 
it's kind of like is it kind of like the boy who cried wolf where every year they're like oh this this year's the year that we like you know got a more better complimentary forwards better defensemen we're ready to you know not waste mcdavid and dry careers anymore uh but alas things uh are falling apart now and this time we didn't have, we didn't even have to wait for the playoffs for things to fall apart they are uh by either points or points percentage sitting outside the playoff picture right now and it feels like things are getting worse and worse yeah, it's hard to, it's, you know, like, obviously winning solves all and convinces people that, you know, a team, a particular team is good. But it's, you know, like, even just from, like, on paper and objective standpoint, it's hard to buy into this roster, right? Like, obviously, McDavid, Dreisaitl. But other than that, like, you you compare it to last year, like, what improvements did they make? Like, they, they added a nice forward in Zach Hyman. They added a bunch of shit defensemen that we knew were shit going into the year and that it was going to be a problem. Uh, you didn't change anything at goaltending. It just everybody got a year older, a couple of old goaltenders, you know, aging another year. And it's like, are we that, should we be surprised that they're doing this poorly? I don't think so. In fact, I was kind of surprised they were like, even to start the year when they were doing well, you know, everybody was like riding the bandwagon. I was already kind of a bit maybe dubious or at least somewhat surprised that they were doing so well because really what adjustments did they make and what positive movement did they have other than, you know, we added Zach Hyman, which is a nice piece and he's been good. But the problem is, you know, the rest of the roster really hasn't changed at all. And it's just one forward and depth forward is still a problem. Yeah, I feel like it can kind of be summed up like after Oscar Clefbaum got injured with this was now an extremely long term injury. Feels like they've just kind of half assed trying to replace him. And he was he was like their best defenseman or him and Darnell Nurse were the best of two defensemen. And uh, that's a, a massive blow to a team where defense is already a weakness. And they just kind of been like, oh, yeah, we'll make do without him. Oh, yeah, I'll get a 38-year-old Duncan Keith, get Cody Cece. Uh, and now I don't even know I don't know what the status of Kleppbaum's injury is. Um, it's undisclosed. Who knows if he's uh, – now he's going on, he's going to miss two full seasons. So, so yeah, I guess the future with uh, him is kind of up in the air. But the fact that they would barely put any – attention into replacing such a vital part of their lineup and it's the same kind of thing we saw with the goaltender like oh yeah we tried to get Jakob Markstrom one summer Darcy Kemper the next summer we didn't get either ah, oh that's probably fine with what we have let's just go and it feels like they're not trying slash don't care yeah absolutely it feels like they're half-assing the improvements on the roster um, they're just kind of like building up the hype for next year uh, without really making much changes because you have those two generational talents um yeah, like, absolutely. When it comes to their goaltending, it's half-assing it to go and give Mike Smith two years at $2.2 million. There's no other way to put it. You did not try to improve your goaltending. Your Smith-Koskinen tandem from last year, from your last, like, two, three years, um, by handing the guy, the old guy, more money. That's not trying to solve the problem. That's not trying to make your team better. Uh, and, yeah, on defense, they haven't done anything, really. No real big moves that you know, a remotely sane person would coin as smart. And yet somehow they've given up so much. Well, they gave up that conditional pick. They gave up Caleb Jones. They gave up all that cap space for both Keith and CeCe. It's like, it's how do you do so much and yet accomplish nothing? Um, and, and that's what they've done with the defense. And, you know, like, it's it's that it's just hype. Like, when you look at the fours, everybody's like, oh, this fours group's going to be great. They added Zach Hyman. But nobody else. Like who, Kyle Turris? Warren Fogle. Warren Fogle, is that it? Colton Sevier? That trade was actually... Jesus. That's an underratedly terrible trade, trading Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle and deciding to bring in Cody Cece to replace Ethan Bear in the lineup. That was 
That was a disaster decision. Yeah, absolutely. Just a just a terrible trade. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you got to question all the talent evaluation in that front office because they can't see straight. Uh, nobody, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody in their right mind would tell you the combo of you know Keith, Cece, and re-signing Mike Smith is the solution to becoming more dynamic and to give Connor McDavid the sport he needs. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. Yep. Uh, on that note, I want to transition into something else um, that I thought was was quite funny. I'm sure you're aware of the brand of person on Twitter, usually a man, who kind of just says whatever is on their mind. And I know that that's what Twitter is for, but sometimes it just feels so random and out of left field that you're like, why did you think of this and said, do you know where this belongs? Twitter. And uh, this brings me to PJ Stock, who two days ago had a tweet that I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I thought it was going to get more traction and more people dunking on it, but it didn't. So I'm going to try to bring it up here because I think you're going to find it it very funny. Uh, Now, as you and I both know, and as many people know, there are many well-documented major problems within the NHL and within hockey itself. Uh, And here's one that PJ Stock has a particular problem with. (laughs) This tweet reads, this tweet reads, Dear Hockey, dot, 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 please lose the player tributes. I think the NHL has to put a rule in where a player has to have played a minimum amount of years with an organization to get a tribute. Six thoughts. And that's the end of the tweet to which I replied, trying so hard to put myself in the shoes of someone who cares about this at all. <laughs> Man, there's so much to like, first of all, who was he? I want to know whose tribute he was watching. Or like, no, he tweeted this at nine in the morning. This guy woke up at nine in the morning. This guy woke up at nine in the morning. (laughs) And his first thought was, fuck these player tributes. I can't handle this shit anymore. I got to air my dirty laundry on this. Which, you know, I got to say is much better than seeing like a tweet at 6.45 p.m. right before the game time when they're actually doing the tributes. But no, this guy went out of his way uh, (laughs) at nine in the morning. On, on a on a Friday, and he's like, I, I really can't handle this. Um, not only that, this is at nine o five p.m. at nine o five a.m. So it implies that you know he just started his work day, and this is the first thing he's doing on the job. He's on the clock tweeting these kind of things, and so you know, yeah, that's what I want to know. And, and who was honored on January sixth? That he was like, he was just cheesed about it. I think was it Zach Hyman, but he played a long time with the Leafs. Maybe it just made him think of that. I don't know. But I feel like the the irrelevance of player tributes as a whole, uh, and therefore the stupidity of this tweet, distract from the fact that it's a terrible take to begin with. Like, like who cares about... Like, why would you get rid of a player if a team wants to pay tribute to a player? It's because that player mattered to the team or the community in some way. And there's even some replies, you know, replying in earnest saying things like, uh, Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman only played with the lightning for a short amount of time, but they were integral parts of the Stanley cup victory. Should they not get player tributes? Uh, PJ stock of course did not reply to that, but I imagine he would say, Oh, they only played there for a year and a half. Who cares? No video for them. Yeah, no, this is this is just a horrendous take. Because who does it really affect, you know, these player tributes? Um, if you're watching at home on TV, uh, they usually happen during, you know, like commercial breaks. 
If it's really big, they'll do it before the game. When you're not, you're probably not watching. So for the audience, who really cares? Well, and, it's usually at a commercial break. Right. At which point you're not even watching the tribute. And if you're at the arena, they're just killing dead time. It's not like, you know, they're stopping the game for an extended period of time to tribute this guy. And who cares? It's like, it's like two minutes a game. Uh, and, you know, wow. And, and I see in the comments, it looks like it might might have been in response to like Ryan Reeves going back to Vegas. I don't know. Oh, that, maybe. That, that seems like it. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What, what's what's really PJ Stock? I don't know what's going through his mind. Why is he trying to gatekeep player tributes? Very confusing. Yeah, picturing PJ Stock sitting there as like, I don't know, some random like like Connor Garland gets a tribute from the Coyotes and he's just sitting there, arms crossed, like this shouldn't be happening. Why are they paying tribute to Connor Garland? Like if, if anything, I'd say go the other way. Pay tribute to every single player who used to be on your team who comes back to the arena. Why not? Unless they were, you Why know, not? a shitbag or something like that, or there's a legitimate reason not to. If they played for your team and they were okay and they acted decently well to so as to be worthy of a tribute, give them a tribute. Why not? Who are we hurting? What else are we gonna do? The the fucking like bread giveaway fan of the game or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maximize the good vibes. What's wrong with that? Is PJ Stock just jealous? Did he does did he want <laughs> a tribute in his time? And he just, he's just mad that you know, a decade after his career is over. There's been an uptick in player tributes. He's just jealous. But this guy played on, what, four teams? Must be it. Maybe he didn't get a single one. Maybe after each of those three transactions, he went back to his old team, never got a video message on the video board. Um, so, you know, maybe PJ Stock's hurting inside when he sees enforcer Ryan Reeves, a fellow fourth liner, get a tribute. Maybe that's the deal. Well, if that is the case, PJ Stock should... Uh let go of the past and yep. let go of these, these petty grudges and just move on. Uh, that would be my advice to Mr. Stock. Anyway, let's move on from this to a player that we shouted out not long ago, I think like a month ago maybe, and we are now shouting out again because Zach Fucali has broken an NHL record after just two NHL games, and that would be the record for longest shutout streak to start a career, breaking... Matt Hackett's record of, I think, about 110 minutes. And Fucali got to about 119. He got to right near the end of the Washington-Minnesota game uh, before giving up his first goal. But you may look yeah. at the score and say, how is that possible? How is that possible? It is. Uh, it was 3-2 Minnesota, and overtime was the final score. And what happened is earlier in the game, Zach Fucali was on the bench uh, for a delayed penalty, and one of his Washington Capitals teammates made a, a bad drop pass that went all the way back into the net. But it did not technically count as a goal against Zach Fucali because he was not on the ice. So there we go. Uh, that in itself was a pretty pretty fluky play. Pretty wild that you see that ever happening. Um, but uh, but yeah, shout out to Zach Fucali. Did you see the save he made on Hartman uh, in that same game? Yeah, was, like, overtime. On a, on a, was it in overtime? Um, I just remember seeing the highlight. Uh, but the one where he like you know he went cross seam, and uh, made like a diving stop. So uh, yeah, yeah, looking, yeah, yeah. L- looking looking good, looking good, making the former Habs prospect as we said last time around. Um, yeah, set, sending good vibes. It's always it's always fun, you know. It was like a big thing, right? It was like a big thing on Twitter. Like 
Zach Fucali starting again. Everybody's like, yay! This will only end well. And it did. So yeah, good good for Zach Fucali. Uh-huh. Big dubs. Yeah, World Junior slash Spengler Cup legend Zach Fucali. Uh, so shout out to him. There he is. Hopefully yep. he the one um, continues his trajectory to excellence to becoming the greatest goaltender of all time. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Twitter thread from earlier this afternoon from Michael Blake McCurdy at Ineffective Math, one of the uh, the premier hockey analytics people of Twitter, uh, I might imagine, uh, or I might say, who was talking about the Maple Leafs after they blew a 4-1 lead, stop me if you've heard this before, to the Colorado Avalanche this time, lost 5-4, uh, I think it was last night. And of course, the Leafs have a reputation of blowing big leads often. And he took a dive in to see, is it true? Is it true that uh, they blow leads, big leads more than anyone else? Or is it just kind of a reputation thing? Um, and this is what he said. He said, I saw that Sportsnet tweet about the Leafs blowing big leads, so I had to work it out. Are the Leafs the most prone team in the league to this sort of thing? And it turns out they are not. Since the start of the 2007-08 season, the Leafs have held 233 goal leads, not counting empty netters. They've allowed their opponents to later tie the game in 20 of those games for a big lead blown rate of 8.7%. That's pretty bad, but there is exactly one team doing it worse. The Golden Knights, who have held 88 such leads and blown 8 of them for a big lead blown rate of 9.1%, regular season only. Best in this sense is Seattle, who have held 3 such leads and surrendered none of them. Slightly less (laughs) trivially, the Sharks, have held 212 such leads and blown only 7 of them, 3.3%. It keeps going. In absolute terms, though, the Leafs have blown 20 such leads since 2007-08, five more than their nearest competitors, uh, the Islanders, Nashville, Minnesota, Chicago, Washington, all 15. The rates are more honest, but the count is what folks remember, hence the reputation, not even getting into playoff stuff. Uh, and there are a little bit more... But basically, I think the the initial, and it turns out they are not, is slightly misleading because although they are not quite the worst at holding on to three goal leads, they are only second worst, they do have indeed the most blown three goal leads. So I think their their um, title as the biggest chokers in the league is, is definitely well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other team uh, was an expansion team. And I don't remember, what was the sample that he used from, from 2007, 2008? So, I mean, you could yeah. argue that, yes, yeah, Seattle was a very small sample size, but, you know, Vegas is a significant, significantly smaller one, too. So we're talking about, you know, uh, we're talking about sample size. Leafs seem to be, uh, you know, bigger in that sense. And also, you know, the if you if you continue that thread, uh, if you redefine, you know, blowing it as up by three or more but and then losing the game, uh, Leafs are, are tops in the league by a significant amount at, like, 5.2%. So, uh yeah, it's not just yes, the yes, fact yes. that they're a big media market. It's uh, legitimately that the Leafs, Leafs more than other teams, seem to uh, actually blow these games. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's the best as as a, as a Leafs hater, and also as as a guy who's not particularly fond of the Vegas Golden Knights at all. Uh, it's great to see them. Uh, you know, always fun because uh, you tune in, you watch them blow a big lead, and uh, you come away happy as can be. It's kind of funny that. Toronto and Vegas are tops in that category because, of course, they have 
they're the two teams with uh, most memorable and flamboyant uh, playoff uh, catastrophes of the past 10 years or so. Maybe Leafs, of course, 2013 against Boston. They blew a 4-1 lead in the third period. Vegas did the same thing in 2019 against the Sharks in only their second year of existence. And you would think like, oh, is that just a reputation thing? We can see now it isn't. But I do have a theory that perhaps the fact that the franchises and the players as well have, you know, this burden on them of, oh, we choked in that extremely important game could perhaps weigh on you and result in choking more games in the future. Yeah. So maybe we found the uh, the statistical link there. Um, <laughs> maybe the Knights and the Leafs are just broken mentally. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous how it keeps happening over and over again, though. Right. I mean, like occasionally you see teams that, you know, oh, they there was a big comeback and whatnot. Uh, but it feels like, yeah, it feels like we've reached the point with the Leafs, especially uh, the, the sheer quantity of times that they pull this off, uh, blowing these kind of leads. It's like, you know. Everybody just kind of shrugs at this point. I mean, like, you know, I feel like I didn't even see that much buzz surrounding the Colorado game because it was like, oh, no, at least yeah, what are you doing? Uh, and then it was like, uh, all right, well, they did it again. <laughs> yeah. And everybody just, you know, walked away. Everybody was like, all right, well, this is the Leafs. And then uh, that was kind of the end of the discussion. I mean, the next day I didn't see that many people talking about it uh, because, uh, yeah, it's what the Leafs do now, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, sadly, though, I think Darcy Kemper was pulled pretty early in that game, so he wasn't around to get a win for my fantasy team, which appears to be set to lose this week, although I believe I will remain in second place behind none other than congratulations, Cody Cece, also known as your team. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm back in the yeah, lead right. now. Uh, I just opened oh, the site. How did that happen? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, what wait, wait. Shit? Although I, I hope this is a happened. joke. Oh, this is a oh, sick joke. Thank you. It's a sick fucking joke. Jordan Cairo, one goal, one assist, six shots on goal, two power play points. Ryan O'Reilly, oh, a goal, a shot, a power play point. Pavelski, an assist. Hayskinen, an assist. I'm back in the lead right now. Let's go. 172 to 168. This is as down bad as can be. Um, I was looking to build my, <laughs> well, first my lead in the standings this week. I want to build my lead to two games. Is that too much to ask? Apparently, I keep winning, but you keep somehow yes. winning too. Um, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you, you, yeah, somehow. I mean, you texted me today. Your team's the most clutch out of the league, and I can't dispute that. It's all. <laughs> it's like you play down to the competition. Whatever you're paying a shit opponent, but you still manage to win. And then you know, uh, your opponent this week pulled off a pretty good performance. First of all, you played eleven more games than them this week, which is uh, outrageous. Should be disallowed. We should cancel today's games. Um, but uh, yeah, it's well, not I'm just never, clutch. Never... With I'm really yeah, good at the God. games played category. What can I say? Yeah, I can't. I can't find myself rooting because because your opponent still has like two players left today, um, Troy Terry and, and Tyler Bertuzzi, and I can't picture myself cheering for tyler bertuzzi so uh i hope troy terry scores one goal today and he beats you by half a point that's all i'm dreaming for let's go that would make me very sad uh anyway if darcy kemper had stayed in till the end of the leafs game and won my lead would be greater than it is right now that's the moral of the story yeah big time big shame it's terrible i hope you lose by that margin um i would love to see it all right (laughs) 
Okay. So, right, he gave up three goals on five shots, right? Yikes. Or three yeah, goals on eight it was shots. Embarrassing. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. You'll have to say, what did I say earlier? Kemper stinks. Um, and he continues to. All right. Um, was there. Oh, yes. On to the next bit of news because I'm not good at segues like you are. Uh, the Kings made an interesting hire in their front office today. Uh, special consultant. None other than Mark Bergevin himself on a three-year contract. And next year sounds like he's uh, about to become the AGM over in LA. And so only, uh, what was it, two months off the job? And this guy's already back at it. Uh, It sounds like he really was burnt out of that Montreal market. Yeah, well, uh, the LA Kings are the embarrassment of the day. Deciding to add this man who... Just drafted a sex offender only a couple months ago to their front office. Who, by the way, that draft pick, um, we didn't mention this last week, I don't think, but the OHL, like 10 to 20 minutes after the news of the World Junior work was uh, canceled, tried to slide it in the news like, oh yeah, by the way, we're ending Logan Mayu's indefinite suspension as soon as possible and he's going to come back in. And then the London Knights were tweeting things like, oh, yeah, he got two assists in his first game. And they were, you know, obviously roasting them in the quote tweets. But anyway, Mark Bergerman has faced no consequences for his actions and is back in work, presumably exactly where he wants. Uh, up to like a year ago, the, or maybe not quite a year, but there have been rumors in the past Mark Bergerman's going to want to go to the Kings. He's going to want to be in a complimentary role so that he's not, you know, facing the media all the time. And guess what? Uh, despite his heinous actions, he still got uh, exactly what he wanted. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's clear that you know it's it's the old recycling process in hockey when it comes to management. Uh, and yeah, he lands right on his feet. Uh, let you know, like, and he, yeah, you're right. He doesn't face any consequences for really anything that transpired in Montreal. Uh, and you know, are we that surprised? Not really. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a league where they don't really hold themselves accountable, uh, especially for, you know, moves that are not deemed enough to be fireable offenses. It's like they uh, they'll look pat they'll look the other way without thinking a second thought. And it's clear that the Kings did that. Right. Uh, you didn't even make them wait till the end of the season. Um, they got him back on like uh, when was he fired like a month ago? Not even doesn't feel like it's been a month since he was fired. Right. So. You know, yeah, it's uh, it, it, and it's it's a bad hire overall for the Kings. I mean, you know, uh, this guy clearly doesn't he doesn't know what's up from down in uh in really any sense. Yeah. Um, before we get to our guess who this week, uh, there's another thing I want to talk about. It's kind of trending lately. The trend has died down slightly, but similar to Wordle, this was kind of uh in the news. Um. Do you? What's your insight on the El Morocco feud? On the El Morocco feud? Okay, so you're going to have to fill me in on exactly what it is because I haven't kept up to date with this. Uh, I know there's a clip of him beefing with Rocco because he's a rock. Um, but aside from that, I can't admit... that I, I got to admit that I'm not too knowledgeable with this, uh, with this field. Okay. So actually, by pure coincidence, I kind of happened upon this back in like may 2021 and i i thought it was the funniest thing ever and i shared it with some of my friends i was like elmo and rocco is hilarious uh and now everyone else seems to have caught on not to brag 
but uh, I was the trailblazer. So basically, there's no reason that now is the time that this suddenly goes viral because this started, I think, first in 1999 is when the first when Rocco first appeared on Sesame Street. And it was a recurring bit for a while afterward. I don't think it's still a recurring bit. But the idea is Elmo's friend Zoe has a pet rock named Rocco. And Zoe is always like, oh, Rocco wants to sing the alphabet. Let's all sing the alphabet with Rocco. And she's pretending Rocco's alive. And most of the other people are playing along like, oh, hi, Rocco. And Elmo's like, you're all insane. Rocco is a rock. And it's extremely funny because <laughs> Elmo is correct. And the the funniest, I think the clip, you're, there are many, many clips of this on YouTube. Um, but the one that's most popular is by far the funniest where uh, Rocco gets an oatmeal raisin cookie. And Elmo wants an oatmeal raisin cookie, but that's the only one left. And Elmo goes, oh, I'll just eat this one. And so he goes, no, no, that's Rocco's favorite. Rocco wants to eat it. And Elmo flips out. He's like, how? How's Rocco going to eat the cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo. Rocco can't eat a cookie. Rocco doesn't even have a mouth. Rocco's just a rock. Rocco's not alive. And most of the time, the clip, the clip cuts off there. But it actually goes on a little bit more. Uh, where Zoe's like, yes, he is. Yes, he's alive. And Elmo just keeps yelling at her. <laughs> okay so i gotta say i'm on team elmo on this one um i feel for the guy 100 percent. feel for the guy he's being gaslit out of his mind uh and uh <laughs> he clearly flips out of some instances uh and uh yeah they're trying to they're trying to flip the old the old trick on him you know trying to flip reality uh and he's absolutely correct he could not be less wrong uh that uh yeah it, it, it makes no sense to entertain uh this is Zoe's fantasy that her pet rock is alive and enjoys an oatmeal cookie. If nobody, no, no person or no <laughs> puppet is going to eat the fucking cookie, let Elmo eat the cookie. As simple as that. Uh, and uh, yeah, leaving it to Rocco, it's pure delirium. And uh, trying to convince him that he will eat the cookie <laughs> yeah. is straight up just bullying. So uh, Team Elmo, absolutely. I think maybe the reason that it's so funny is because you would imagine that Sesame Street is like a fantasy land where like maybe a rock could come to life and eat a right. cookie. But this rock isn't. This rock is just a regular rock. And Zoe's trying to make it into a fantasy world, but it happens <laughs> not to be. And I think that's what really makes it so hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, right. It, it, with Sesame Street, there's like, you know, a suspension of disbelief, you know, we got puppets and shit like that. Um, but yeah, no, even within that, you know, and, and Elmo reacts as any normal person would uh, if they were presented with, you can't have this cookie because my fucking rock is going to eat this cookie. Uh, and uh, yeah, he kind of, it's like almost like a fourth wall moment. And uh, I respect whoever voiced yeah. Elmo for that. Uh, mad props because it, absolutely it's hilarious. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Star Kid. I don't know that much about them, but I, uh, about a week ago, I watched their musical, The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals for the first time. Uh, and basically the plot of that is uh, an alien hive mind comes to invade Earth and basically they're just all connected in a way so that they're like they're in a musical and they all sing and dance together. And basically they they go around like zombies trying to kill people and like implant them with like the alien hive mind so that they join their musical and the main characters are trying to avoid it. Uh, I, I now think now that I described it in more detail that maybe this comparison doesn't make that much sense. But what I'm trying to say is that it's as if 
it was a like a musical theater world in which everyone is singing like a musical and one person's like this is insane how does no one else realize that this doesn't make any sense and that's what elmo is in the rock of you like why is everyone pretending this rock has, is sentient it clearly isn't right and i think it's even if like even within this comparison the elmo bit is funnier just because it's a fucking kid show <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah. that that that's a special disbelief is that more implied uh because it is a kid show uh, uh compared to like you know you have adults who are self-aware but like <laughs> this one's completely geared towards children um and like you know almost almost going off and so good good for him good for him standing up to the uh to the rock people uh try to imagine an episode of like a mickey mouse clubhouse where goofy is like this is my imaginary friend and mickey mouse is like what are you talking about goofy no one's there <laughs> you have no real friends goofy you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm. Oop, i just choked on my own laughter uh but uh yeah wow. no this is this is uh this is golden that thank you to the creators for almo and uh so yeah, you said this was like uh, back in what ninety nine that they started this bit. So very yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere, eh? Uh, but uh, you know, solid bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, it is time for guess who. And this week, due to the fact that uh, Evander Kane's contract was uh, terminated by the Sharks, actually, I don't know if it's been well, it has been terminated, but the NHLPA apparently decides. Oh, you know what? You know what we should uh, stand up for is is a Vander Kane and they're filing a grievance now uh, that the contract should have been terminated um, because uh, that's what the NHLPA does is they stand up for, uh, for abusers. Um, but anyway, because the sharks were in the news this week, we said, why not do the sharks for guess who uh, before we know it, we're going to be running low on teams. So if a team does something notable that we haven't done yet, there's a, a pretty decent chance that that's who we'll be guessing. So here are the 25 sharks that we may select. We've got James Reimer, Aiden Hill, Zach Sachenko, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mario Ferraro, Radim Shemek, Mark Edward Vlasic, Jacob Middleton, Nicholas Maloche, Jacob Megna, Thomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, Nick Benino, Rudolph Ballisters, Alexander Barabanov, Andrew Cogliano, Jasper Weatherby, Jonathan Dolan, Matt Nieto, Noah Gregor, and Lane Peterson. All right. So here we go. Uh... I think I won the last time, if I recall correctly. Uh, so uh, let's let's randomize, and then we can uh, declare, and then get going. I got my player now. All right, I got I got my player as well. I'll mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. Mark Edward Vlasic. And I'm back. All right, I'll be muting in three, two, one. My player is Thomas Hurdle. All right, I am uh, coming back now. All right. So, all right, so I guess first because you have home guess advantage. Do I? So I'm going to guess. Wouldn't I guess first? Like, don't, didn't I win the last round? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I have home guess advantage. Yes. That's right. That is okay. correct. That is how we do things. So go, go on ahead. Did we say we have 25 players? Oh, boy. Who am I missing? Yeah. Oh, 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 wait. Oh, I, I also only have 24. Okay. I also right. only have 24. Okay. So it's a 24. My bad. Interesting. All right. Oopsie. All My good. mistake. I guess you've only got 24 players this time. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. So let us begin with the numbers. 
Um, hmm. So, does your is your player's number forty four or less? Uh, no, my player's number is not forty four or less. Okay, so let me delete those. The only reason I paused and hesitate hesitated slightly is because that was the exact question I was about to ask, and it kind of <laughs> took me by surprise. <laughs> All right, should, should so, I answer the question then? Oh no, you're gonna switch it up. Uh, no, no, no. I'm changing it to is your player's number uh 48 or less? Uh yes, it is. Okay. Very interesting. All right. If you, if you say so, I'll take your word for it. All right. Let me uh hmm. Let's go with the last name. I feel kind of stupid now because we have the exact same list of players except I have an extra two. <laughs> You kind of screwed yourself there a bit. I uh, can't lie. But... Oh, well. I took a chance. <laughs> you did. You swung for the fences. Um, all right. Uh, is your player's uh, last name start with an H or earlier in the alphabet? Yes, my player's last name does start with an right. H or earlier in the alphabet. Down to, down oh, no, to wait. Sorry. No, we don't have the same list of players. We don't have oh. the same. Um, because I said my player's number was over and yours is under. Oh. Right, right. So, uh, okay. Did I? Yes, I think that's how it works. Math. Go ahead. Hmm. All right. Uh, so I've got I've got fourteen players. Let's go with. Was your player drafted in the top eighty? Oh, my player was drafted in the top eighty. Very nice. You love to see it. Solid. Congratulations. Um, okay. All right. Does your player's last name start with B? With B? No, my player's last name does not start with B. Okay. All right. So, so a different letter then. Go ahead. All right. Is ooh hmm. no, I won't do that. What if I sort by? Nah, what if I sort by age? How does that how does that shake things out? Okay. This isn't bad. Is your player under 30? Okay, my player, let me just check their age. Okay. You're saying under 30? So no, my player is not under 30. Alright, I got three players left now. Alright, so do I. So let's uh my players are Jonathan oh, Dobbs. Okay, okay, here we go. Get a little, this little is shootout. So good. <laughs> good news for me. <laughs> okay, all right. It's either Jonathan Dolan, Noah Gregor, or Tomas Hurdle. Man, okay. So I, I'm I'm like 95 percent sure it's either Dolan or Gregor, uh, just based on the fact that they seem like that. Um, I'm gonna guess with the only non-Sharks draft pick. Is your player Jonathan Dolan? My player is not Jonathan Dolan. Oh, okay, interesting. All right, I got, I got Suspense. three players: Lundqvist, Andrew Cogliano, Mark Edward Vlasic. I think there's very clearly one player here who has correct vibes, and it is the one who is not the captain and not a former Olympian. Uh, is your player Andrew Cogliano? No, my player is is not Andrew Cogliano. 
Right. Oh no. So we're we're down to the next round. It seems that my Excel sheet has crashed. So that is extremely unfortunate. Oof. But it's okay. I was down to two anyways. Noah Gregor or Tomas Hurdle is your player. Noah Gregor. My player is not Noah Gregor. Oh no. What is this? Alright. This is down so bad. If I this is terrible. If I get this right. Jesus that I Christ. win. No, yes, no, wait. Yeah, you do. yeah. I That's how it works. Right. I've could, I've oh, Vlasic. A nightmare. Is your player Mark Edward Vlasic? My player is Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Man, what's the last time I missed? I whiffed on two guesses like that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I actually, when I first got, I got hurdle. I was like, oh, I think this is shaping up well for me because he's like a star yeah. on the Sharks. Yeah. Damn. Okay. An unguessable elite player. Wow. Just like that. He's on the board. This is not, the Sharks are not, they don't have a good smell, man. They, they, they don't get good vibes from me. This is not, this is not it. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. Well, let me, I've, I've successfully rebooted my spell sheet uh, and my spreadsheet. And all right, I think I am good to go. I'm just going to click that randomize again. Got player number two. All right, ready to go. All right, I'll mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. Jonathan Dolan. And I'm back. All right, I'll be muting in three, two, one. My player is Radim Shimek. All right, I'm back. Unfortunately, it looks like that guess who practice I gave you last week panned out, uh, despite being a complete miss as a oh, quiz. Oh, I um, <laughs> Yeah, I think we're all trying to forget about it. Um, but uh, all right, let's uh, let's begin. I think you got the uh, you got first pick now. Now that uh, you know, I lost that one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Was your player drafted by uh, an NHL team in California? Uh, my player was not drafted by an NHL team in California. Hey, goodbye to all the. Sharks draft picks. Goodbye to the one LA Kings draft pick and the one Anaheim Ducks draft pick. Okay. Next up, is your player Canadian? No, my player is not Canadian. All right. That, that splits it right in half. All right. Very interesting. I'm going to ask you if your player's last name starts with an l or earlier in the alphabet l or earlier did you say last name last name then yes is l or earlier in the alphabet all right i am down to six okay very nice uh hopefully i'll be down to six after this one i don't completely botch it um let's go with i'm gonna sort it out by numbers this round um, is your player's number 51 or less? Yes, my player's number is 51 or less. Okay, go ahead. All right. Hmm, all right, this is a tough one. How do I want to sort this? All right, here, is, your, is your player Canadian? My player is not Canadian. All right. Down to three. Goodbye, Aiden Hill. Goodbye, Brent Burns. And goodbye, Andrew Cogliano. Okay. 
Hmm. Half my play. All of my players are left shots. That's fun. Six out of six. Oh, what a good time. Sharks don't have too uh, many right shots. I noticed. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, all right. Hmm. Trying try to find a nice divide. Okay, I think I found it. Uh, is your player's last name Megna or earlier in the alphabet? No, my player's last name was not Megna or earlier in the alphabet. Okay. All right. That leaves me with three players. Go ahead. All right. I got three players as well. I have former Norris Trophy winner Eric Carlson. I have player you guessed last round, Jonathan Dallin. And I have Mr. Nobody, but relevant enough to possibly be the player, Alexander Barabanov. That's going to be my guess. Is your player Alexander Barabanov? No, it isn't. Ah, so this gives me a chance to tie it up here, which I will inevitably blow. Uh, I have Timo Meyer, way too relevant. Oh, come Re- on, you won't. Redeem Simek seems kind of relevant. He's a defenseman, uh, and we have literal nobody, Jasper Weatherby. So uh, my guess is going to be: Is your player Jasper Weatherby? My player is not Jasper Weatherby. Oh, for crying out loud! Don't tell me you got Hurdle and Meyer. That'll be depressing. All right, go ahead. Is your player Jonathan Dolan? Ah, oh, my player is Jonathan Dolan. All right, this is this is turning hey. out to be a complete slop show. Uh, all right, okay. Um, hmm, okay, it's Meyer Cmac. Is your player? I can't possibly, in good conscience, guess Timo Meyer. Is your player Redeem Cmac? Yes, my player is Redeem Cmac. Okay. All right. Ooh. I was hoping you'd go for Meyer. I was hoping you'd Close go call. for the, the two top players in a row. You thought I was going to psych myself out like that? Not I really thought you might. Not a anyway, chance. Um, so I've clinched at least a tie for Which this is a Sharks match. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. No. <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not how I think. We can stop uh, it now. We can just, anyway. We can just... We can call it off. Uh, call it a tie, you know? I think we'd all walk away no, kind of happy. of course not. All right. Uh, no. You say so. Uh, because if I tie or win this last round, then I win the Sharks game. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah, what it's... I intend on doing. Okay. Let's randomize so. one final time. All right. And uh, let's get this bread in the bag, as okay. they say. All right. Bag it. Do you have a player? Yep. A muting incoming audio in three, two, one. Uh, no, Gregor. And I'm back. Okay. All right. Muting in three, two, one. I think I'm gonna win this one. I have Logan Couture. All right. I am uh, coming back now. All right. I have returned. Nice desperation in my voice, trying to salvage right. a tie. Guess away. All right. Is your player Canadian? Good. It's a good question. Yes, my player is Canadian. All right, that's we're off to a good start, and 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 not well, not particularly good, but you know, twelve players. Go ahead. I I like these draft questions. I think I'm gonna go with another one of these. Uh, was your player was your player drafted in? Let's go with in the top one hundred. Okay. Uh, my player was not drafted in the top one hundred. Let's go. Okay, what are you down to? I'm down to eleven, I think. Eleven. 
All right. Oh. Yep. Damn. You you chopped it up. Okay. Uh. All right. Is your player, uh, was was your player drafted by a team other than the San Jose Sharks? Uh. No, my player was not drafted by a team other than the San Jose Sharks. Okay. So they're either drafted by the Sharks or undrafted. All right. Down to six. All right. Was your player was your player drafted by wait that's that's funny how this worked. I ended up with uh only California draft picks. Oh that's so weird. I never noticed. Okay, there are two defensemen on this roster who were both drafted two hundred and tenth overall and <laughs> both of them were drafted by a California team that's not the Sharks. There was <laughs> Jacob Magna drafted by the Ducks and Jacob Middleton by the Kings. That's 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 strange. Anyway. Spectacular. Um that is quite interesting. All right, let's go with a, a number question. Good old fashioned can't go wrong. Was your players is your player's number thirty six or lower? Uh my player's number is not thirty six or lower. All right, I am down to five players now. Oh, God, this is the worst case scenario. All right, I feel the urgency. <laughs> I need to win. I'm going to start guessing players now. All right, down down to six players. Here we go. This, this may not be sustainable, but it's okay. All right, here we go. Is your player Lane Peterson? No, my player is not Lane okay. Peterson. This is uh, We're already down bad. This is terrible. Go ahead. All right. Um, is your player North American? My player is North American. Down to two. Let's go. Oh, no. Kevin LeBanc and Noah Gregor. Okay. All right. I'll pick up another one. Is your player Mario Ferraro? No, my player is not Mario Ferraro. <laughs> I'm so cooked. All right. Looks like I lost this one. <laughs> this is unfortunate. All go right. ahead. Uh oh yeah you sure did didn't you yeah uh, Kevin LeBanc or Noah Gregor uh LeBanc is a little bit more notable but he's not that notable is your player Kevin LeBanc my player is not Kevin LeBanc so may- maybe oh, I should no. maybe I should have fucking done the the initial split question to give myself some leeway of course you should have <laughs> you, you were at six I was at five why did you go hail mary oh, at that point man hail mary because I felt the I, you know what. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, that's okay. All right. Is your so? Oh man, do I have to guess a goalie this round? Because all the other guys seem so unlikely. Um, so wait, you have only one player left, right? Yeah. If it is your okay. player, yeah. And I so, didn't so mess up somewhere. The reason I went so I early. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because see, the thing was when I was down to six, I guessed those two other guys because the four other guys seem so unlikely that I thought I can just shoot shots now. Because my four players are Noah Gregor, Mark Edward Vlasic, Logan Couture, and a goalie. Um, you know, okay, Zach Sachenko. I see where you're. Th- I see why yeah. you were thinking that. Yeah. Right. So I thought, you know, might as well. I have to go for the win anyway. Might as well. Might as well shoot my shot. But uh, that clearly didn't pan out. And so you have someone rather notable. Let's try to let's try to pin him out. Uh, is your player a goalie, Zachary Sachenko? No, my player is not Zach Sachenko. Oh, man. Disgusting. Is your player Noah Gregor? Yeah, my player is Noah Gregor. Yay. Yikes. <laughs> a 2-0 wow. win. That's, 
A resounding 2-0 win. Oh, God. Who, who was your player? Would you like to keep guessing who my player is? My player was Logan Couture. Oh. I, got I was like, okay, I think I got this one in the bag. Oh, my God. Jesus. A lot oh. of this game is the luck of the draw. It mostly, it's mostly because of these totally uh, arbitrary strategies we've decided yep. upon. But yep. <laughs> but it really isn't the luck of the draw with this game. Due to my... Comp- <laughs> Solely because of my specific strategy that is, as you said, completely arbitrary. It was not a chance in hell I was going <laughs> to yeah. pick Thomas Hurdle or Logan Couture. Uh, so I uh, kind of screwed myself yeah. to, <laughs> from the get-go. Uh, so that's that. Welp. All right. Well, our our very first guess who of 2022 is a win for me. Uh, I am now six wins all time. Kaisei's got 10. And we got five ties. I think 2022... Is you know what they say? They say new year, new guess who skills. I think this is the mm-hmm. year that I make my big comeback and overtake the you practice. and prove to be the ultimate champion of the uh, practice I gave our last week. Long NHL guess who series. <laughs> yeah, well, that was your choice, not me. Yeah, absolutely. Goddamn. All right. So, anything else you wanna you wanna say before we call it a week? Uh, nope. I think that's it. We gotta pick a final. Oh, not a final. We I don't know why I said final. We have to pick a team. For this upcoming week to discuss, anyone stand out to you? Hmm. Have we done the avalanche yet? I don't think we have. So let's. let's oh, and do them. They play. They play tomorrow and Tuesday. Uh, and I'm looking ahead to the rest of their week. And Friday and um, Saturday. Assuming. And. Ooh, do you want to do? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do. Let's do four games. Although I probably won't be watching the Friday night game because that is my birthday, which I just now realized this is my last uh, episode as a teenager because I'm going to be turning 20 on Friday. Oh, yeah. Want to do one last teenage thing on this podcast? What would it be? Uh, any, any I, po- I don't podcast even... Podcast bucket list things? I, I can't even think of anything. What is it? What is a teenage thing even to do? I don't know. Do I like something immature and goofy as if that's going to stop moving forward? <laughs> we, just, we spent five minutes today talking about Sesame Street. <laughs> Fair. All right. Um, then then I guess we'll, we'll, we'll end your teenage years on the podcast uh, on brand. How's that? Sounds good to me. Uh, I shall commence the sign off now. Thank you very much for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week, January 16th. Uh, we might talk some more about Sesame Street, but I wouldn't count on it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Colorado Avalanche, whatever other news happens over the course of the week. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast, and individually on Twitter at Alex's New Handle and at Tai Seifu. The end. Mm-hmm.